You and I with Rashmi Shetty is a simple attempt of bringing in stories of people you and I can draw inspiration from. Ordinary folks, extraordinary lives, their uniqueness and individuality that make them interesting to talk to and to listen to. A reaffirmation of the fact, open your eyes wider, the world is far more beautiful when we acknowledge the presence of both you and I. Our guest today is Dr. Shabnam Bashir, a breast and colorectal oncosurgeon who has been the first postdoctoral Vatikuti Robotic Colorectal Fellow of India. She has the credit of being the first female organ-specific oncosurgeon of Kashmir to be trained in advanced robotic surgeries. She has published extensively and is a major proponent of the fact that lifestyle alternatives can keep us healthy for long. A member of many prestigious surgical organizations world over, Dr. Shabnam's passion is to speak at cancer awareness drives since 2017, and that makes her both articulate and interesting. This will be a two-part series, wherein in the first part, she talks about her journey into the world of surgery, a path where she did break a lot of glass ceilings, and part two on cancer and how timely interventions can make a world of a difference. Listening to part one of the two-part series with the breast and colorectal oncosurgeon, Dr. Shabnam Bashir. Hi Shabnam, such a pleasure having you on You and I with Rashmi Shetty. What makes you special for me is the fact that you have been the first postdoctoral Vatikuti Robotic Colorectal Fellow of India. You have got trained in breast and colorectal cancer surgeries from Tata Memorial and advanced robotic surgeries from Roswell Park Cancer Institute in the US. Now, surgery per se, ASIS has very few women. And you have gone into the space of doing this. If you can take a step back and talk about the beautiful Srinagar you come from and uh, <laughs> what drew you into medicine and your journey till uh, getting into this entire space of specialization. Hi Rashmi, and it's, it's an honor and a pleasure to be here with you in your series. And you've been so generous in introducing. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm really honored and humbled. Well, um, the place I come from, I, I don't know how to uh, tell you the whole story, but let, let me cut it short. I come, of, uh, come from a place which is basically uh, a little more conservative uh, and especially towards the women. Uh, now things have changed, but I'm talking about the scenario when I decided to take up surgery and leave the place for my higher trainings. And uh, the second unfortunate part about this place had been uh, the turmoil that we had been in. So it, it creates a lot of you know mental trauma, emotional turbulences and all when you grow up in, in a, I belong to a gen generation uh, that has seen a lot of bloodshed and that has seen a lot of, you know, those uh, bodies uh, getting uh, 
blown up into pieces and all so it has been a huge mental trauma and uh, you know fighting with that uh, has meant a lot emotionally also and uh, then uh, i mean all that obviously my dad has been into this field he's he's a he's a medical so uh, that was the first thing that drew me towards the medicine obviously but once i joined the medical college uh, my dad was very you know uh, particular that it's better for me to uh, you know choose a non clinical branch because uh, clinical branches are never ending right and then in clinical branches especially the male dominated fields they're like a big big challenge so uh, like any uh, parent he wanted my life to be a little more easier so he was uh, uh, repeatedly asking me whether we first want to be in this field and then what else do we want to do and i said um, i think i belong there so i need to be in this field there's a lot that can be done the best part about uh, medicine is that you are able to at least relieve miseries of people directly right so that's the best satisfaction that you get and uh, when he said you want to go to clinical or non clinical i said uh, let me get into the field and then i'll get you you know get back to you on this in a couple of years and i said uh, first first two years of my uh, training in mbbs and i said that i think i'm more inclined towards clinics and he said are you sure i said yeah i think so then he said it's better to take a branch which is kind of dead end you know where you're not supposed to do super speciality sub speciality and all your life will be a little more easier child i said give me another year <laughs> so my clinic started and uh, i was like i think i want to go for surgery and he's like oh my god <laughs> i mean that would be the last thing i want you to do because it's a never ending process you know you're going to have a tough life a tough time and it's going to be a continuous struggle and are you sure are you sure dear? i mean it, it was till i finished my mbbs my my dad kept on asking me are you sure this is what you want to do are you sure and once i finished i said i'm doubly 100% sure that I, this is what i want to do and this is where i want to be so my, my god one minute one minute uh, what drew you to surgery was it your teacher because it requires a lot of focus women normally don't go into surgery any reason you found out why women um, don't take up I surgery also more about the kind of person you are surgery requires a lot of uh, strength courage to see that blood to cut through to stitch it back also a lot many people actually don't prefer to go for it and it's a male dominated sphere you know mm-hmm. uh, when you jump into that you know that it's going to be a very tough journey a very you know tough struggle if you you can only go into that if you follow it as a passion but surgery gives you that the best of the fields in the whole uh, medical fraternity you know because then you're seeing that disease you're taking it out with your own hands right and you're able to relieve it uh, almost instantaneously give that relief instantaneously to your patient so that feel that thrill that challenge it, it was always a part of me being an alien that has been into my <laughs> you know personality so it was a challenge that i took up uh, i remember a couple of my friends telling me that you're just saying it you know you'll just prepare you'll just leave the field you'll be one of those who go for non clinics and have you know that aramki life and you're not going to do this uh, i said let's see give me a couple of years let me prepare and then i'll get back to you you know you just want to have a low profile prepare and then come back and uh, but in my heart of hearts i knew that this is the only thing i want to do right there's nothing except surgery so i had to first be physically and mentally physically you have to have a huge stamina for that and being an athlete in my medical college days and school days i knew that i can get that strength and stamina and the second thing was the courage to see the blood and when my first day i was in my uh, mbbs 
so we we are given cadavers to practice on so um we had a lot of like we were close to 100 people doing that and when you take up that knife and it's your first you know cut ever on human body they are cadavers but then they are humans uh i i i thought to myself that this is going to be the point which determines you know whether you're going to take it on a live body or not and uh, i could do it i could do it with ease and uh, i could get over that feeling it's very very important as a surgeon as a, a doctor to have that balance you know you cannot uh, you have to be compassionate but you cannot be emotionally involved you know it's a very delicate balance because if you're very very emotional and emotionally involved you might take a wrong decision for your patient for example uh, situations where you need to do amputations if you're too emotional and the patient you know doesn't want it and it you know it's life saving if you're too emotional and get into that you give or give in into their you know emotions you might just take a wrong decision so you have to be compassionate but then you have to draw that line where you say no i know this is very important for you and this is a step that i have to take you might have to hold back your own emotions be emotionally mentally strong and then go ahead with that so that uh, takes years together you know it's a proper full fledged training you have to go through that to be able to execute what you're trained in so uh, one minute shabnam you, and your classmates must have been mostly uh, guys around you right you yes. must have been one of the few women uh, majority of them were boys only Yeah so was it easy for them to accept you uh, was it easy for you to feel comfortable with all of them around how uh, or were you so clear and uh, focused that you knew for sure that you're on the right path whoever's with you or not how did you manage the, the post grad the whole journey has been like a mix of emotions and those setbacks and triumphs and roller coaster of everything so uh, if i if i talk about the place that i am from basically when i started off we hardly had any women in surgery by that time we had one which was very that that lady was very very senior to us um she was from the gender of my dad even senior to him so dr mahmuda khan khan after that there was a huge gap because of the turmoil also because of rest of the factors also for decades we didn't have female surgeons and then when uh, i i remember when i was in medical college only one of my seniors had taken up surgery mm-hmm. right? so it was as less as that and uh, when i left the place i was like uh, it was another you know kind of uh, a big uh, challenge because you're coming out of a place which is uh, very conservative especially for women and when you want to step out and you know how it is in our country you know you're unmarried and you want to go out you want to leave your state so it was a big challenge but i had to do that because there was no you know there was no scope for so much of speciality super speciality training set at my place so it was a bigger decision for my parents because i was unmarried at that point of time and we had huge you know rush of relatives and our bell wishers and the neighbors <laughs> coming in and saying please don't give in to whatever she's saying you will lose her heart and nickel jayegi you can't leave her alone she's unmarried she cannot go blah 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 uneasy lies the head that wears the crown it is believed shapna how easy has it been for you i'm sure you must be a role model for so many girls in your valley in your community in your fraternity first and foremost for being one of those rare women who's taken that step into a space where women normally do not tread surgery and then on for all that you have achieved 
how has your journey been and more than anything else what was going through you when you were taking this journey i'm sure you knew you were going on a road not taken by many women before so how was that journey the fact that you when, when you you know uh, move out of the very closed or conservative societies and then your parents and your family has you know boosted their trust in you and you're walking out of that zone there's a growth starts uh, where your comfort zone ends and that's that's very true so but when you step out of that zone it's not just the comfort zone you're stepping out of it's the safety zone that you're stepping out of at times also so when you leave that zone and uh, you start doing stuff which is you know getting uh, noticed or appreciated and you reach a point where uh, people who are your biggest critics have started appreciating you or people who were opposing uh, that movement uh, have have started believing in you or whatever you're doing and then they you know the uh, their kids or the you know other kids in the family in your surroundings in your society start looking up to you and you know they start taking you as an inspiration or a role model then you enter a very dangerous zone so you know because uh, you are now an inspiration for all of them and a role model they can they can you know give your example and want to come out of that society want to do a lot of stuff want to go for their specialty trainings higher education for jobs for anything else uh, for building up their careers so each and every step that you take you know we have we have a population of 1.32 billion and uh, we close to 50 55% of that is women so when you're talking about women in terms of you know 70 million in, in 70 million in number uh, when uh, you have women who are breaking the glass ceilings and they're coming out of those zones and trying to go ahead of wherever region they belong to the other women start looking up to them they start making them their inspirations i've had a lot of women you know or girls co- connecting to me later on saying the how did you do this how to go about it can you guide us can you help us so that zone is very 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 dangerous then it's it's uh, because then every step that you're taking is going to impact the rest of the women who are taking you as an inspiration so you know a, a small little single a wrong move of yours you can ruin the career of all other people who had taken you as inspiration because if you're not doing good if you're not able to balance you know between very very important aspects of the life between your uh, moral values between your religious values between your professional values your personal life if you're not able to strike that balance you get imbalanced and tilt towards one or the other side and land up in disasters then all other people or all the girls you know who had um, who had tried to break the glass ceilings or come out of those zones they'll be held back getting my point right nobody is going to let their kids come out from that conservative part of the world or society or area if uh, the inspiration that they were looking at or the role model they were you know trying to have uh, is not doing good or is doing something which is wrong so you have to be very 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 careful you know in your mind every time so whatever you're doing you have to be very responsible you're not just responsible for what you're doing for your own self you're responsible for the impact that you're having on people who are looking up to you as role model so uh, every step that you take has to be thought about very carefully so that is a big 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 you know uh, <laughs> uh responsibility sometimes when we break the glass ceilings uh, there are a lot of women who have done it from their areas but then again uh, they they'll be sharing i mean i'm i'm sure they'll agree with me 
that uh, this is always at the back of our mind that uh, you know everything we do we should have a positive impact on all the people who might want to follow us in this path you know so that comes with a lot of mental and emotional taxing <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's uh, fulfilling at the same time you know because uh, sometimes you always want to see who starts off the thing or the race and then we follow and if you are able to give a direction to somebody else's life in a positive way there cannot be a biggest blessing of the god than that for you so i'm i'm really thankful and grateful to lord almighty for Uh, everything that has been happening in my life it has been eventually shaping me into what i am right now and uh, he has has been really very kind and merciful i remember my dad uh, and me having a conversation it was a very intense one and the only two things i want to say here was that uh, he asked me one question which changed everything and i asked him one question which changed the whole scenario he said do you want to do it are you sure Are you sure of what is the life ahead what are the challenges when you leave your home alone you go into a different state you are into a surgical branch which is male dominated and the challenges that you will you will have to you know face are you sure uh, is this your passion i said i'm 100% sure that this is what i want and i'm ready to face everything that comes because i'm i won't be there by chance i will be there by choice and uh, he said all right he just nodded and said all right and what i asked him was that are you sure of your upbringing right are you are you certain you want to send me do you have do you trust me and the answer again was yes and then said then i there was no looking back after that right? so <laughs> <laughs> and time, i i left my place 15 years back things were absolutely different then they're quite different now now people are going out you know independently but those days it was like women would leave the state or country only if they were married to somebody who was settling down outside usually you know mm-hmm. it was a big challenge for any parent to let their girl go out uh, alone on her own mm-hmm. but i'm i'm indebted to my parents for the faith that they have shown and for the support that i got from my family mm-hmm. all throughout you know every time i would make a tough decision my dad would say are you sure have you thought about all the pros and cons yes dad all right go ahead <laughs> so it would be like that he he was not somebody you know who would differentiate uh, between the upbringings uh, of my, you know boys and girls and that has been a big big support my mom has been a big support like any other mom obviously she would cry please don't go stay back but then then she would give in okay if this is what you really want and this is your passion go ahead you know i'll hold back my emotions kind of a thing so um it hasn't been an easy journey then in going into the surgical field i would go into the uh, when i joined in uh it was again like i had six seniors who were boys <laughs> so i was the only girl again girl. it was a very tough time you know you know you're sitting there you don't even have a space it's very different for men and women when you're in surgery you know right from your um surgical trainings the difference is being that one you as a woman you always because this is a male dominated sphere you have to do 100 times more efforts to show that you're equally good or even sometimes better than other people your peers so that effort has always to be higher and greater which is very you know herculean task it's very pain, painful and second thing is that um in surgical branch uh, you see when you're doing or operating a, on a patient you know you're the space is very limited you know as a man you would be just focused on the surgery as a woman there are so many things that are going on in your head right i mm-hmm. are you standing you know in, in uh, at a safe distance 
is is it fine am i okay uh, i mean you you you're like kind of multitasking in your head about the patient about your own safety also about mm-hmm. rest of other things also i'd like to just uh, make you take a couple of steps back here shabnam and uh, share with us how easy was it getting an admission into surgery for you so when it comes to surgery basically getting into the surgery also was not very easy for me i actually had decided to get my uh, surgical training in uk and then come back and do whatever projects i wanted to do uh, so the whole you know training and the manner of studying in the books everything was focused on that i cleared my lts my plab uh, my mrcs also so i did the, I, i actually cleared five exams in a short span of 6 7 months into back in 2005 and uh, when i finished all that um accidents emergency courses because it was easier to get into uk through that and then you know switch over to surgery the month i finished my uh, uh that the certification program and i was preparing to go to uk that same month i got a call uh, from my friends from uk that uh, you, you better stay where you are because uh, uk started expelling doctors and they expelled 30000 uh, indian doctors and registration to non europeans is has been stopped so that was the first jolt and um, i it felt i felt devastated because i had spent a lot of time and i didn't just didn't want to uh, waste even a single day you know uh, so uh, i mean everything all the books the preparation the time scheduling everything was accordingly i didn't know what to do so tried looking for another you know entrances and all over here for my specialization in surgery uh got to know that the state pg time is also gone so the next uh, immediate thing was dnb and i didn't just want to waste any time so i just appeared in my dnb examinations it had been recently started so i appeared in my uh, dnb examinations and uh, did well cleared it so i thought okay now that's it uh, maybe this is what destiny wants so let me just go and join somewhere and meanwhile uh, there was a lot of stuff happening at home we didn't have a brother so we i had to take charge of a lot of stuff we had to construct a home and all so another year went by and i could not join i got busy with the stuff and uh, at the end of two years somebody who didn't even want to waste two days you know at the end of two years you feel like oh my god what have i done uh, because you don't realize this is an ongoing thing which is going to go for decades and decades and it really doesn't matter but at that point of time you're young you don't want to waste time you you're focused you have a goal so everything was getting messed up and i decided to okay, let me go to delhi and start applying so i uh, started applying for the dnb uh, i had already cleared my uh, exam so i had to uh, apply for the interviews and the interviews were scheduled at different times in different hospitals those days it used to be different they would score you on the basis of the they had a scoring chart so they would score you on the basis of your skill your knowledge so extracurricular activities uh, uh, you know um, overall it was a holistic approach including your knowledge and skills and um, i thought fine let me go for it so apply to a lot of hospitals and uh, the first interview time came i rushed there they had three seats i went i uh, took the interview and so was damn sure that i'm going to get it because i was scoring quite high and i got in direct hints and probably i've done well days went by and it was like uh, getting jittery what is happening why am i not getting any confirmation any call from the hospital i approached them again and they said whoever has been selected is already there and it's like i i was told that i am scoring the highest and what was wrong 
and uh, the guy started apologizing saying that uh, see um we had people who were known to authorities so we had blue eyed people you can't help uh you couldn't be taken i said how many blue eyed people did you have you had three seats he said you had two uh, i said fine what happened to the third seat uh, he said unfortunately uh, national board has cancelled our third seat this year and i said like, oh my god what now <laughs> then i uh, started applying again you know it was jolt after jolt after jolt and my my parents and my family sometimes they they do laugh for me and they say that uh, you know whenever you go for something we we get damn scared because i have achieved uh, things after a lot of toiling i have to actually struggle for everything in life you know it so happens that you know they say there is uh, many a slip between cup and the lip so whenever i go out to get something achieve something or something uh, i am about to do that or get that and then you know circumstances change so it, it, lord has been playing a lot of hide and seek but uh, eventually he gives me the best so i i keep i have learned to keep patient So after this happened then I started applying again and I the next hospital that came out with that which I when I rushed to that hospital and said okay so please inform me when your interview date is there and um, they tried to shoo me away <laughs> saying that we don't say that it is not a place for girls but this hospital is not meant for you so you can't uh, because the kind of the workload we have and the kind of the work we have over here you just can't uh, sustain it that used to be one uh, of the hospitals in the area one of the earliest hospitals in the area that was catering to everything the trauma you know the uh, road traffic accidents the uh, gunshot injuries the other uh, stuff but having you know wasted two and a half years it, it was not possible for me you know um, to wait any further and i was like whatever it is i just wanted you know i i have to get into my surgical training and all so they tried to there was a lot of conflict within the hospital itself whether to take a female uh, resident or not and people who were anti a female resident when i joined they actually tried to make my life miserable <laughs> but uh joining the i i had uh, five six uh, immediate seniors in the dnb also so i was the only girl in the whole department and i was told that residency means residency so you have to stay here you know so it's 24/7 and you you know how it is when it's a male dominated field you also want to give you you know all you do all the efforts to prove them that you you are equally good or sometimes you are even better so for me it was uh, i am getting what i wanted to get so there is no looking back at this point of time when i got it when i got into that training the day i re- reached i had to join you know so um it, it so used to be that um we had to do 36 hour you know those um, shifts so we would go 7:30 in the morning then do the routine work of the wards and as per shifts to all the dressings and the rounds and notes and everything that we do every surgical resident goes through So the nights we were supposed to be there and uh, attend to all the emergencies all kinds of emergencies and attend to as general surgery residents we were attending to all other surgical specialties also because they didn't have many residents so it was urosurgery neurosurgery onco uh, surgery urosurgery anything and everything related to surgery even the ENT and opto we had to attend to during the night time so day then again we would be busy either with the opd or ot and doing stuff and 9:30 8 8 9 discharge and all done we would be free to go home 
so for first uh, four or five months i literally could not see the daylight when i left the hospital and i had to be early 7:30 had to be in the hospital so i hardly had time to do anything except for you know going to the hospital coming back being in the hospital and it was so horrible that the i had just you know moved to that place it was new for me i just had got a room i had not even furnished the room i have slept on a charpoy around for four or five months without a bedding because i would never be free during the daytime to get stuff for me and temperatures would soar to 48 49 you know how it is for somebody who has come from minus 10 minus 14 the temperature is going to 48 49 and all of a sudden your electricity is gone and even the only fan that you have in the room is not there uh so because you're not getting time to go and get an inverter connection for yourself or do stuff so uh, it's been a tough time you know getting a few hours in that you have to do your own stuff your washing your eating your cleaning up the room you're cleaning up your uh, you know uh, getting ready for the next day and then send that again you have to be there so every day i would come back and i'd be so miserably tired and exhausted that i would just think to myself that i'm going to quit i'm not going to continue with this this is not going to do you know but every day i would you know give that strength back to my own self and tell myself that this is what i wanted to do so i'm here by see again by choice so you cannot crub you have to find a way to survive to uh, you know work uh, hard and to get to where you want to so the 6 months it was like okay it's a 3 years posting training i already finished 6 years so let me see how it goes i mean the training was so hard sometimes that i remember the guy who joined with me we were two residents joining together he left on 20th day he said i shut up i can't take it i am i'm leaving i said see you you have to stay at least stay for two more days get your stipend and leave he said i just don't want to stay and let me go and he actually left then another girl joined in in his place after a few months and then she also left in 5 months time so uh, in my batch i was the only one and i was the only girl so it was very 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 difficult but then eventually things turned out to be very good i got good guides there you know my teachers and all they uh, eventually realized that probably you know uh, it was a wrong decision not to let a girl in and uh, uh, so things turned out well and uh, i finished my Uh, training over there and a bit of a scholarship and then left the place so eventually it was very good and uh, after that you know it was always that tussle with with destiny you know so when i left i was you know confused whether to do mch or the trends are changing whether to go for organ specific uh, you know trainings and all uh, as i said you know getting a good mentor who would hold your hand and walk you through was something that was always missing i did have teachers who would you know suggest uh, sometimes the what is the best in their opinion but that uh, uh, mentor mentee relationship that you know takes you through that sails you through was always missing and uh, so i decided to go for organ specific wasted a bit of time in you know those decision makings of mch or organ specific i just wanted to save my time uh, which had lost none in between so i applied for fellowships i uh, decided to go for breast and colorectal uh, surgery so i uh, started looking for the hospitals applying for that and uh, i was doing massage in those days so one of the hospitals agreed to uh, you know uh, they they had a breast fellowship so i approached them and i said i want to apply so they said okay send us your cv and all so uh, then it was done and i was like uh, they were happy they said okay fine you can join as a fellow and this is the time when you have to come this date it will be starting 
so uh, i had to serve the notice period to the hospital that i was already working with so i served that notice period and uh, as per the scheduled you know timing i went to that hospital after a month's time to join there only to uh, <laughs> get to know that the Uh, head of that department had already left and there was no uh, structured department per se and there was no fellowship now it again was another jolt from the blue and i was like what do i do now i mean why is life doing this to me uh, but i always wanted to be as any other surgical uh, you know person to get my training from the best possible uh, hospitals around so i again started looking around and i thought it's time probably that i have to leave delhi also now so uh, i tried looking for other hospitals and obviously when you're thinking of cancer surgeries there is no other hospital that comes to your mind in in our country uh, other than tata memorial hospital at that point of time because the highest volume is called mecca of cancer surgeries so i approached them i applied i got it there and uh, that's how i uh, ended up in tata then uh, the robotics came in and it was like i have to do the robotic surgery training also and uh, again started applying and there came the role of vatikuti and vatikuti was uh, is basically uh, the ceo of the vatikuti foundation is basically a renowned urologist uh, and is director of their robotic surgery is there globally he's uh, you know uh, spreading the word about robotics and training people so uh, i somehow met dr mahendra bandari not exactly physically met but then came across him and applied and he got uh, i wrote him a mail and sent my cv and all you know requesting i had requested a lot of organizations to sponsor close to 20 25 organizations to sponsor me to fund me to go abroad to get my robotic surgery trainings done and um, i wasn't getting a reply and he was the first one and he was so courteous and generous enough that he actually called me up from us and he spoke to me for around a, you know hours time asking me what exactly i wanted and what was my passion how passionate was i about what i was doing and i told him a bit of you know that uh, glimpse of i gave him a glimpse of my story and uh, you know the uh, patience and perseverance it had required till that time and he was so happy and said that you know you're you're really passionate about what you're doing so he agreed to sponsor me and that was a big 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 thing a big break and uh, actually a turning point in my career at that point of time because uh, I got introduced to robotic surgery trainings and they were giving fellowships basically only to euro euro uh, fellows at that point of time uh, but I said I'm not interested in that I want to do colorectal so I want training in this and uh, they were generous enough actually to start a fellowship so that was the first fellowship that they started for colorectal surgery and that is how I became the first colorectal robotic uh, fellow of Articuti Foundation and um, they sent me to US for my trainings and all So uh, I mean when I look back I see that um, there have been times which have been really 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 very tough and I had to actually struggle to get each and everything alive but uh, when I look back um, I I feel that wherever I landed was something uh, that was better than what I had thought probably at times so uh, I mean I I tried all I could I tried all my heart I was very honest in trying and dedicated so divine probably was you know making ways and I I realized that had I landed up in UK probably I would not have done as much as I could do uh, staying back uh, in my own country I I look at my own friends who started with me my medical college batchmates and all I've seen them struggle in uh, you know those countries for years together to get into residencies and to stay as residents 
so uh, as compared to that i was able to you know finish my residency get into the fellowships go into my attending consultancy and then associate consultancy program and then become a consultant independent consultant quite sooner than that so probably what life and destiny and divine had planned for me was much better than what i had planned but i always used to have a plan here you know what they say uh, for god also to dispose of you have to propose something you know he can only dispose his job so i always used to have my plan a and sometimes plan b also you know if it doesn't work then how i'm going to do it but then divine plans accordingly according to his own will and wish cannot agree more shabnam can you throw a little light on the presence and importance of mentors because the presence of a mentor changes a lot in your career planning and how exactly you need to take the next step So how's the ratio of the presence of women mentors in comparison to men or does the gender even play a role when you choose your mentor Shabnam As it is there is less number of the women in surgery so if we have 35 to 40000 surgeons total in the country there are less than 1000 female surgeons so you can understand the ratio difference uh, so it's again very difficult to get a mentor also uh, as a woman there will be less mentors right so mm. if you want to have a mentor in the form of the men then it's again a very intricate balance you have to balance between getting a good opportunity and saving yourself from opportunists mm. you understand what i say oh, right oh yes very beautifully so, put again, yeah it's, it's it's very difficult you know uh, more often than not um i have found myself you know doing the mistakes of you know not going into that uh, field and then falling and getting back rather than uh, being a prey to some opportunist so more often than not i have found myself taking decisions that probably um i would have taken differently i'm talking mm. about professional decisions you know mm-hmm. so whether to go for this field or not this sub specialty or not this super specialty or not what would be the right time what would be the right place to do it i have learned all uh, by myself It's been a tough, tough time uh, of exploring, experimenting, doing it, sometimes failing it. But then um, they say that when Thomas Alva Edison was asked, you know, uh, you have failed one thousand times, he said, "No, I've not failed one thousand times. I have discovered one thousand times how to do it differently, but it won't work." A lot of time in between got wasted in that because you were learning from your own mistakes and then rectifying them and then taking another decision and another step in your profession. it is a little more easier for men sometimes because they can gel out they can chill you know they can relax with their uh, male mentors they can go out have fun talk go places uh, as a woman you can't do that uh, even if uh, you know other people don't say anything but you're always conscious of that you yeah. know you want to be uh, called a dignified person you don't want to be associated and affiliated with people so uh, that is a very very tough thing for any woman who is in surgery but then uh, time has come when women have broken those glass ceilings are showing you know tremendous progress uh, coming together helping each other empowering each other so we are we are having this women's group a women surgical group a whatsapp group on which we keep on seeing who is doing what and try to mentor each other that's how we are moving ahead but um in the long run it it is a very difficult uh, you know situation and it's going to take decades together before mm. we see an equal number of men and women in surgery in our country okay. and even in any other part of the world well yeah agree completely agree with you but after this journey into surgery 
was there any specific reason you moved on to oncology and breast and colorectal uh, cancer surgeries uh, any specific reason you moved that direction um uh, in surgery obviously as as i said it's a non ending procedure so you yeah. have i mean in the process you have to do a super specialization and sub specialization so uh, i had to take a call on that and onco surgery again was something that was very close to my heart because of two reasons one being that i had lost my aunt to cancer gallbladder cancer and second being that it is one of the most challenging branches of surgery but again this is uh, you see people in the most miserable condition wherein you have to take decisions between the life and death uh it's 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 an emotional challenge it's a mental challenge it's a physical challenge because sometimes the surgeries can go on for 10 12 13 14 hours so i again found that this is probably something that my heart is you know asking for i want to be there i want to do the best i can do and you know relieve the worst possible miseries uh, so again the journey started towards onco surgery and you obviously want to get trained from the high volume centers the best centers that are around so destiny gave me a chance to be in uh, tata memorial institute did my breast and colorectal again the breast and colorectal was because we have a huge number of uh, we have breast cancer in men but that is just less than 1% so it's predominantly a female disease and colorectal disorders you have colorectal disorders and you know i mean this these are the parts where you want if you are a female you want a female to examine you and we have seen women suffering badly because they didn't have a female surgeon around right you have females coming with breast cancers which are stage 4 or colorectal cancers which they have not even spoken to anybody or even benign conditions in the colorectal area they just don't want to get exposed to male surgeons right that was something always in my head i i thought if you want to make a difference make a difference where it makes you know the the most of the changes you uh do what others have not been doing so profoundly you try to do that and you want to make uh, other people more comfortable you want to extend that help to the population that it was not extended to previously now with time you having a lot of uh, female surgeons coming up taking breast surgeries but still for colorectal dedicated colorectal surgeries colorectal cancers or benign work uh, there are still very few women who actually venture into that field colorectal uh, per se is a very complicated you know that proctology is a very complicated area uh, but um, uh, I, i think i mean uh, when you're out to take a challenge you or to take all the challenges that come in your way so again uh, breast and colorectology that was the reason and uh, actually at the back of my mind i always wanted to come back to my own place and start a breast and colorectal cancer center over here because we suffer a lot over here we don't have super specialists we don't have women we i i know only one female onco surgeon in my whole valley right so that is uh, how it is over here but destiny again had something else in store so i was married to somebody who was not from my state so i couldn't come back but uh, given a chance and opportunity i definitely would want to do something for my own people over here as well although wherever you go as a doctor uh, they say that uh, this profession doesn't see the boundaries the caste the creed the gender anything but then you always feel that you owe something to your own place where you were born you know because you have you're trained on those patients also your basic training is from that place so you want to give it back to that society you want to do as much as you can so god willing uh, someday i should be able to do something for them as well <laughs> yes and i'm sure shrinagar valley will be very happy to have a surgeon <laughs> as qualified as you and the women there would bless you for sure uh, going back to your journey shabnam 
and uh, how you chose this is what you just shared but taking it further do you remember any do you have any story wherein you had met a patient who had kept herself completely cordoned off because there was no lady doctor and she was super thrilled when she met you where she could be herself with you have you actually got that aha moments that thank god i did this yes there have been a couple of times uh, i remember uh, when i joined my hospital you know uh, there was a lady who had been coming to that hospital for various disorders for 7 years Mm-hmm. and she had chiropractical problems as well but then uh, she came for a follow up for some something else and then she said oh my god i got to know that finally the hospital has got a female chiropractor surgeon so i decided to come over and talk to you and get this done for you and i said you have been coming to the hospital for 7 years she said yeah but because there was no female surgeon around for the disorder i didn't open up you know i didn't share it with anybody else so then i realized you know the importance of the decision that i had taken and every bit of it all the you know toiling and all it had been worth it Mm-hmm. So those are the moments that give you that thrill. I remember um I mean going back to the cancers I remember a girl um who actually I wasn't into uh, super specialization of the you know cancers at that point of time I was doing my residencies only but she was just uh, you know 14 or 15 years old 15, or 16 18 years old and uh, she came over and was diagnosed with ovarian cancer. and um uh, we had not staged it as yet mm-hmm. so i i spoke to her and i got to speak to her in detail because i i i always had this thing of getting connected to my patients you know sometimes my parents make fun of me like you, you come back and do, start doing you know pujas for your patients or prayers for your patients <laughs> that's the kind of person i am i don't know i start getting connected so i uh, started speaking to her and uh, I, i remember one of the questions that i asked her was that uh, what do you want to be you know mm-hmm. i didn't discuss much of the disease with her because i wanted to give her hope uh, we we had not staged the disease as yet and she said i want to be a doctor like you and i said what do you want to do after that she said i want to be doing the same thing going to my patients talking to them you know easing their pain and making a difference to other people's lives and unfortunately um she was diagnosed with stage 4 cancer and we lost her in 5 days uh, so that was how bad it was because she couldn't uh, she succumbed to the procedures that were done and uh, that was one of the turning points where i thought that it's it's really cruel sometimes you know uh, <laughs> on the part of destiny or whatever you call i'm sorry i i am a bit emotional about that so it's it sometimes uh, you feel that destiny has been quite cruel uh, but then that's how the god has planned the world we can't you know interfere in that but uh, what we can do as professionals is at least create some awareness wherein people who are from the highest categories or highest families they understand when to start getting screened they know the signs and symptoms the early signs and symptoms we're able to tell people you know when should they go and get screened why should they go and get screened how can they prevent these cancers and believe you me rashmi 30 to 50% of the cancers are preventable and there's a huge that can be done in that sphere but it's not done so these are a few turning points in your life you know uh that make the difference in the decisions that you make in your professional world and, and that day i decided that it's going to be you know 
I have to be in this field. I have to be in onco surgery, and my main motto is going to be fighting for a world uh, that is cancer-free and creating awareness as much as I can. And mm-hmm. I've been trying to do my bit. Let's see how things go in future. Powerful words, Dr. Shabnam. And uh, I'm so sorry. I know I love talking. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, no. But each one. No, no. But each one of the words that you spoke today are gems. And you know what? We can make exceptions. We can have two episodes of this, whatever you've given, because I don't think I can edit anything of what you said. I'm humbled, and uh, I think there are a lot, many people, a huge number of people out there who are doing. A tremendous job or doing much 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 better job uh we have to draw inspiration from them and uh, we have to do the best that we can and to be of some value you know uh, when we leave the world there should be some eyes that cry for us there should be some face that feels vac- vacant you know oh we had this person or no, no that, that whether that is your family your friend circle whether you're the society or the whole globe it it, it is uh, you know uh, Uh, it's not uh, relevant how big an impact you have made uh, what is more important is that whether you have touched any life whether any life did get changed because of your presence and your absence you know and uh, they say that some people bring happiness uh, whenever they go some people bring happiness wherever they go so you should always try to belong to the category that brings happiness wherever they go <laughs> rather than wherever they go <laughs> <laughs> wonderful words to end the conversation and thanks for the positivity that you spread so easily shabnam with that we come to the end of part 1 of this two part series with the breast and colorectal oncosurgeon Dr. Shabnam Bashir on UNI with Rashmi Shetty. Do let us know if you know people who make the world beautiful. Write in to rashmi.thirdeye at gmail.com. That is R-A-S-H-M-I dot T-H-E-T-H-I-R-D-E-Y-E at gmail.com. Come, let's explore this amazing world together, both you and I.